Test, 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 Okay, did you ever answer that one guy who uh, was complaining about our sound levels again? Did you ever, did you say something to him? I, I don't remember if I did or not. Um, listen, we're just two scuba guys, all right? We're two scuba guys. I'm just a caveman. <laughs> we're not sound engineers. I think the podcast sounds remarkably better than the first 10 episodes. Well, yeah. You know, at least we're we're coming together there, but... Yes, we realize that sometimes the volumes go up or down. I'm going to say that's mostly Brandon's fault. No, he's such a a, a zen, calm, soft-spoken man. <laughs> and, and then until he gets riled <laughs> up and he gets going. And then also and then also it's the the leaning into the microphone. Need, oh yeah, yeah. We need yeah. a way to like position this so that as we move. <laughs> so put a little bar right here and it stays at the and hook it. I'm going to get you one of those uh Singer, songwriter, harmonica holders. There you go. Like Darth Vader looking thing. Yeah, Yeah. to mount your microphone. That's what I need. So I guess what we're trying to say to you guys, bear with us. Bear with us, yes. We're just a couple scuba guys. The Great Dive Podcast is hosted by your buddies, James and Brando. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Great Time Podcast. You're here with old Jamesy. Old Jamesy and old Brando back at the mics after a, a good weekend. Good weekend of, of of dive stuff up here. It was the in, in our area, it was the Great Lake Shipwreck Festival weekend. Met a lot of listeners. Nice. Had a bunch of people come up to me and they're just like generally talking about some of mm-hmm. the stuff I had in the booth for the shop there and then they're like, yeah, I listened to the show. <laughs> I'm like, oh, uh, cool, that's great. And, yeah. uh, nice meeting you. So I met a lot of cool people. Uh, gave away lots of Great Dive Podcast stickers. Groovy, man. Groovy. We, uh, yeah, we'll have to do a little bit bigger presence. Of, I know you're representing the shop while you're there as a thing. Yeah, yeah, but I, I'm okay with uh, Making doing a, a little. Doing a, do it a little bit more. I had a little table set up, so it was nice. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah, I'm just thinking, make a little picture at least, or some kind of booth we could thing, do a, a small we could do little a whole booth, booth thing that not not anything we have to stand at. I don't want to sit there all day. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> hey, how you doing? Uh, hey, just how a, you doing there? a little booth with pictures. You know exactly <laughs> pictures, whatever. Maybe if we have some swag and things like that, then we could be there with some. Hey, get a t-shirt. There you go. Hat, whatever, socks, fins, split fins. I'm telling you, we need to, we should ride the uh, the old split fin award thing or something like that. I know everybody was against me back in the day. I don't know, you remember that Midwest the, Scuba Forum? Yes. I was like, let's have a, a bronze split fin, man. I'll go get one bronze. Well, you win the the split fin award for you know fucking up for you go out on a dive or whatever and you you mess it up, which is what we used to do all the time. Is whoever it was the silver split fin award. This, that was it exactly. Yeah, you remembered, remember yes. It, yeah. And then I was going to do a snorkel one too. It was but, the golden snorkel, uh, golden snorkel, and the silver split fin. Yeah. But it was like you're an ass. Some people thought it was not politically correct <laughs> exactly. to, to talk like that. I I don't care. It's fun. Even if I got it, I'd be. This is great. It's a great moment of my life. Well, I think that's a uh, it's an important step for a diver to make is when they can get past that ego part where they can finally admit I do occasionally make a mistake and don't do everything perfect. 
Or, or, hey, I don't know it all. I know I just got certified six months ago. I got 26 been, dives. Yeah, exactly, down to 80 I'm on my feet. way to instructor. I've got my got 26 advanced. dives in so they yes. said I could enroll. Exactly. To just go look at yourself or have someone come in and, quote, unquote, knock the shit out of you and go, listen, you're just a, a newbie diver. You're a newbie diver for like 20 years almost, you know, 10 years at least. You're a newbie diver still. There are people out there diving that are incredible. I mean, it's their life. Don't take on all their ego. Don't take on all their right, right, right. bravado. I mean, and, I mean and, you and I do a lot of diving, but I wouldn't go around professing to be one of the elites. No, no. Not by a long shot. No, exactly. And I, Now, I think what happens is... When you get certified and you start taking a couple of these classes and getting some dives and you get all those cards and handshakes. It's hard you, not to be like. It's hard not to have that little bit of arrogance and ego of, of thinking you're good. And I, I, I was there. I know what it's like until you, you kind of get spooked at, at something. And hopefully the spook is what brings you to a, a sense of reality. Hopefully that reality isn't, you know, getting carried out of the. <laughs> Getting carried to the Medivac'd. cemetery. <laughs> Medevaced by Chopper. You know, for the longest time, I got I certified my daughter. How long? It's been about 10 years now. She was 13. Her and some friends and whatever. Every time I'd take her to the quarry, someone was getting medevaced out, you know? <laughs> oh, right, like, right. It's like, this is... Uh, this is not normal. I mean, it, it happens, but this is. But it seemed every time I would take her, there was a medevac chopper coming in. Or well, there was a stretch there yeah. in those uh, like yeah, early two thousands era where it was. Well, when the tech diving boom came, yeah, everybody right. strapped on extra to... tanks and had no protocol, no training. Just all I need is this gear, and I'll mix Listen, my own gas. Once you get to the bottom, you can't go any deeper. Exactly. How deep <laughs> is it? <laughs> Yeah. You know what else I found really like boosted egos around the world, in the diving world especially? Unsubstantially or unsubstantiated egos. In other words, they really weren't earned egos. But if you had one of these, if you saw someone with one of these, you'd go, me, I'd go, I don't want to talk to this guy. <laughs> but it's, if you're a stranger, if you're not in the diving world really, or if you're new to the diving world and you see this person, you're like, Wow. Wow. It's that jacket. It's the jacket with all the patches. Deep diver, navigation, ice diver, treasure hunter diver, whatever, fish ID diver. You've got all those badges, master scuba diver, etc. You got all your specialties, all your patches, and it's on a nice, cool, like, red or yellow windbreaker. Especially if it had that <laughs> racing stripe down one side. <laughs> Forget about it. Girls go crazy. You walk into a bar with that, you ain't you ain't gonna be able to breathe hardly. No, you ain't buying a drink that night. I'll tell you that much. Shark Johnson, <laughs> boat diver, boat diver. <laughs> Pleasure to meet you. Boat specialty. <laughs> well, in the in the eighties, early nineties, the patch jacket was. That's how you definitely I showed. It went back further. That's I thought how, it was even further back, like seventies. Well, it did, actually it yeah. did. It got rolling then. And, yeah, uh, you know um, those. I think it, that was with a lot of stuff. It wasn't well, just yeah, scuba, yeah. You know, but, but but that patch jacket, like I've I've got a couple of them at the shop now, like just in, in with all of our old vintage crap, and it's a cool jacket now to look back at it. To, maybe no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm brainstorming it. right now. The ideas are flowing. Is maybe I want to. I'm gonna start wearing it to events. Maybe we have our own TGDP one that you can order. That's. A full throwback. When a we do full throwback. When we do the big evening social for the photo contest, <laughs> exactly. it's going to be themed uh, eight, scuba eighties night. Scuba eighties. I love it. I love this. And I'm wearing it. There, there was a classic patch like back in the day. You know, because you're right. There was the deep diver patch and the cave diver patch and the night diver patch and the cave divers wouldn't the, wear a patch, would they? Well, I, I would think it wasn't. It wasn't like an official. Oh, real cave. It, it was more like cavern. Yeah, yeah like it had they're like, not real cave divers, you guys. You know, it was it was a, <laughs> it was a standard. Of, it was a it was a collection of patches that they yeah. sold, and there was one. It was horny diver. Horny diver. <laughs> it, mm. it had like the classic cartoony yeah. of the yeah. of the, the guy like you'd see in like a Playboy cartoon. Yeah. you know, like yeah. with his dive gear, like those old hot rod sticker guys. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Those were the days, man. Those were the days. The, I think, you know, things are so 
there's nothing original coming out really. It's just like updated with technology. That's about it. And any Joe Blow can like print off anything now. You know, you can get anything. Back right. in that day, nobody ventured into the actually printing something or making a patch of it or making a jacket of it unless they were willing to throw down you know i'm going to throw down fifty dollars on this yeah fifty dollars back then was a lot of damn it's like damn sure, i'm yeah. gonna blow fifty dollars on a patch making a patch for a jacket because yeah, you're not gonna make one no no you can't just make so yeah just those were it was a bigger i don't know it was just more original it was a little more creativity to it nothing's original these days so and here we are. I, I'm, my idea is to copy that. <laughs> I am what I despise. Yeah, yeah. Here you are <laughs> yeah, making. I agree. You, a minute ago, you were making fun of it. Now you want one. Now I want to be it. <laughs> I, I want one for the throwback humor. <laughs> because wouldn't it be fun just to act like that guy for a while? Just to be that guy for a while? Just to be, I think it would be fun. Hey, how deep you go? How deep can you go? Oh, all the way. Well, that's an interesting question. I'm glad you said that. Because uh, it brings me to the question, how deep is too deep? It's a foot past your limit. <laughs> <laughs> how, let's see. How deep is the ocean? Exactly. <laughs> let's start there. That's yeah. that's too deep for you and your uh, your deep diver patch that yes. we were just talking about. Your, that, your that's split too fins, much. Your split fins, your snorkel, and your air-integrated computer console. So it's, uh, it's a... I would say it's a philosophical question. Right? I would How say, deep is I'd too agree. deep? Yeah. How far is too far? How deep is your love? It's philosophical. <laughs> the BG said it best. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh it's probably also a personal question. How deep is it is that what they're asking? How deep is too deep for you personally or how deep is too deep for scuba? Or how deep is too deep for a, a human being? Well, this to is dive, a, this period. is about learning a lesson. And uh, the dive that changed everything. And this is... Uh, everything as in everything in the universe or everything to that person or everything about diving. Everything about that person about diving. Basically everything then. It's from a, it's from a website magazine uh, called California Diver. I got a bunch of interesting little stories on this. And this one is a, a story from June of 2013. This is really right on line with what we were just talking about, that diver who gets certified and starts to get moving through the system with all this confidence without ever having that reality check. Before you derailed it into a patch jacket guy. <laughs> <laughs> patch jacket guy. Now, some of this stuff is classic stories. You've, you've heard them a hundred times. Cool. You know, this, this diver yeah. could have been, take your pick of, of anybody you've met over the years. Um, Sharp Johnson. Some of it's, some of it's unfortunate. Some of it's obvious and, and plain as day as, as you as you read through the story. So it's a, a firsthand account of a guy of a guy who did a dive that scared the shit out of himself, and lucky in in his case, made him realize that he wasn't where he thought he was. Yeah, and slowed him down. Good. Okay. Sometimes that's what it takes. Yeah. I was 52 years old. This remind you of anybody? <laughs> a young me. <laughs> <laughs> I was 52 years old when I discovered scuba. It was a classic case of love at first breath. I couldn't get enough. Very uh, common, common diamond, right? Mid-50s. Uh, been working, raising the family. Finally now getting to the point where I got some time to do something for myself. It's a very classic diver. Now, a decade or more ago, this was pretty common too. I chain smoked my way through one training event after another. Yeah, very, very common actually. I think I think the predominance of smokers in scuba diving was higher, you know, the rate was higher than like the normal population. Why? I have no idea. You wouldn't think that. Oh, I remember in my open water smoker. class. Yeah. I remember sitting in the classroom, the instructor saying, how many people here are smokers? Yeah. First night of class. And I would say 50% of the class raised their hands. Mm -hmm. And he says, 
five years ago or ten years ago, I forget what he said, you know, at the time, but he's like, this would have been almost the whole entire class. Yeah. Had their hand raised. Yeah. So that, and this was 89 when mm-hmm. I was sitting in that classroom, right? So you look at, you know, 79 to 80, like in the early part of that decade, everybody was smoking. Mm-hmm. At that time, it was 50% of the class. Nowadays, you still have smokers coming in, but nowhere near. Right. Like right. before, mm-hmm. which I, I would say is a good turn. Just in general, because I'm, you know, not into cigarette smoking like you, you you see people doing, but definitely for scuba because of what it does to you physiologically. Yeah, the the fact Underwater, that gas exchange at so the lung level critical, is, yes. is critical, <laughs> and basically smoking impedes that. In six months' time, I was three dives away from completing my master scuba diver course. Six months. Look at... Look at how good his education must have been because he went from knowing nothing to being a master of scuba diving in, in almost six months. What would Yoda say about that? You, you're going from, you know, young nothing to Jedi. Jedi's basically a master, right? Is that yeah. Right thing? yeah. Not, to, not to bring in a Star Wars analogy, but maybe that's the only thing some of our listeners can, can uh, understand. That's going from... You know, Anakin Skywalker to Darth Vader, like, in six months. And even for Anakin, it was a long, drawn-out—he was a little kid, right? Obi-Wan found him and talk, took him to the console and showed him he had all these chloramidians or whatever those things are. <laughs> Changed everything this dive did. <laughs> I was waiting for a Yoda voice. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I needed a couple of deep dives, so I grabbed a last-minute spot on a trip to the Channel Islands that advertised an onboard instructor as one of its perks. I packed eagerly. You become an onboard instructor? <laughs> no, you're go diving. You become an are instructor. Are you a master scuba? <laughs> are, you <laughs> almost, are you almost a master scuba? You can be an instructor by the time you get off this boat. You can be Yoda. You can go from being nothing. No, there Jedi was there was an onboard instructor. Yes, I get it. So he packed, expecting to knock off a couple of deep dives while making a big push toward the fifty log dives that he needed for the dive master program. He's planning on entering that this coming mm-hmm. up summer. Smart. Fifty dives, I can be, I can get my get my dive master go. I'm already a master scuba diver. I want diver in between. And master at the front and back. Master scuba diver, master. Master Master scuba diver, dive master. What aren't you? That's crazy. Can they give a, uh, like, more beholden title than mastered? Like, dive master, master diver. They probably could, but they would probably give that the level before. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just to mess things up in your mind. I'm just like, king is king... Lord Diver. Lord of the Dive. Lord of the Dive. That's the newest certification we're going to be <laughs> offering. You become Lord of the Dive. It's like Lord of the Dance, only you're a diver. As things turned out, the onboard instructor had his hands full with three open water students who could barely swim. I annoyed the frazzled instructor into doing a deep dive before breakfast on the second day of the trip. We did a mini orientation and agreed to meet at the bow line. When I was done gearing up, the instructor was already in the water headed for the line. I made the jump, surfaced, and then gave the okay sign to the first mate on the deck who said, get a move on, your buddy dropped in. Again, I said earlier, a tale as old as time, right? I mean, how many many dive boats have you seen? Somebody at the back of the boat, their buddies at the bow of the boat. One's going down, the other's on the side. Hey, you see my buddy? We were down at uh, Diving Madison Blue, you know, oh, yeah. uh, back in October mm-hmm. with uh, with with the Canadians, and um, we're getting ready to do a dive. And there's this guy that's in the water. He's been in the water, you know, since we were walking down the steps, getting <laughs> yeah. ready, waiting for his buddy to get in. So we're finally off the steps, got our bottles hooked up, getting ready to go in, and this other guy comes walking down the steps jumps in looks around below him he goes well guess my buddy's already in there i better go find him takes off 
the guy that's standing next to me <laughs> that was waiting already, yeah. that was his buddy. What the? <laughs> and so he looks at him and goes, well, I guess I better follow him. <laughs> so one guy's thinking he's in, the other guy's up waiting. And yeah. There's a Hopefully night, they nightmare. meet up down there. Hopefully. Nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. Ay, caramba. But I think that's uh, it's probably more common than we believe, would want to believe. Yeah. Uh, but but then you see it, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's oh, one. On, on charter boats. On the charter boat, it's worse because it's they're, they're so, yeah. it's so much more high intensity on a boat. Well, there's and a I time can't... thing of getting ready and getting in the water together. You yeah, we, and when you get in, if there's any surface current, if, yeah. you're not, if you're not ready to go, you're drifting off yeah. away, and then that's a whole other nightmare, where at least in, in that cave setting, you can be still right. up, in, up in waiting yeah. to get in, you know? It's like doing a shore entry where right. you've got time. Right. Right. A little bit different on a boat. So you you see it on a boat a lot. Mm-hmm. Buddy oh, teams well, drop at different, different times. It's more getting often lost, than not than I... Getting lost and separated before the dive even begins. Right. Right. Just because of there's so much hustle and bustle. There's so much miscommunication. There's so many assumptions of what's going to go, mm-hmm. what's going to take place on the dive. It's never really communicated well other than a... Uh, BCD, weights, right. <laughs> air. <laughs> Begin with you and friend. But, uh, you know, the thing about it is, yeah, you've got all those assumptions and everything's a little off. But if you're not even together, the opportunity for miscommunication slash no communication is 100% guaranteed. Yes, absolutely. Right? It turns, you, to, it turns it to a shit worse, show really, yeah. really fast. Whereas if at least you're together, I get it, you're a little rushed. I, I can see, you know, new divers especially, or you're rushed, you're trying to get in synchronized, in other words, at the same time, or you're roughly trying to get fully kitted and enter the water together and, you know, go down together. You're trying. But if you're already... One's at the, you know, in the water at the bow. The other one's still getting kitted up on the boat. Well, it's probably not going to go better from there. It's now, probably if, not gonna... if you're on a big steel shipwreck with a flat deck in, say, 60, 90, 100, even 130 feet of water that you can land on, okay, at least you've got a You're spot. on the same wreck, but, yeah. Now, imagine you're on not a wreck out there in those waters, but yeah. you're on a, the top of a pinnacle doing a, a that, reef drift drive or something that, that plummets hundreds of feet down yeah. this sucks i thought to myself as i turned head down and started jamming for deep water at 60 feet i caught sight of my instructor's bright blue tank disappearing into total darkness far below me i should have called the dive immediately but i didn't i started kicking hard i knew nothing about deep diving back then I was at least 10 pounds overweighted and about to learn the hard way. That's one way to learn the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's see. What way would you, you like to The hard way. I only know one way. It's the hard way. If given the choice of learning the hard way or the easy way, which one do you, would you choose? Can, can I? Is there a C? Is there an option C? <laughs> Little can bones. I get the... the is there all of the above answer? Well, then because there are, there are pros of the hard way, right? Oh, damn There's right! Some, some good benefits to learning the hard way. You're is never gonna forget it. You don't forget <laughs> it. The impact, the impact is so great that it's like you know, it's like uh, when you uh, brand a cow, right? <laughs> they they don't do it like <laughs> yeah, they don't go with a marker or anything and just kind of paint a little brand on them. They burn it in them. And it can't go away. It's burned in there. Right. Like, That's uh, the hard way. Like, That's marking in the hard like way. Chicago, Chicago pimps in 1979. <laughs> yeah. Branding their... Branding their property. That's uh, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Maybe cut that out. No, it's fine. I, li- I like terrible. <laughs> right. Which is... But you would like that hard way to a little bit be Less created risky. by somebody who's overseeing like like... A quality instructor that's right. that's putting controlled. you in that situation in a controlled way, but you're reaping the benefits of learning right. learning wrong the hard way, but in a way that you know Less everybody's risk. getting home. Mm-hmm. We can debrief it later. Look at the the path that led you to these mistakes and how to correct it right. the next time. Right, right. Versus 
sneaking death just ever so slightly. <laughs> yeah. You have all the risk, and you do get the reward, but you, wouldn't it be nice to have all the reward of learning the hard way without all the risk? That's that's the benefit of having a teacher, and a good, good quality instructor. Well, this is where a lot of people you know, get that confidence of they've been diving for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. They've they've successfully I've come to the surface. They've successfully come <laughs> to the surface a couple times from a yeah. hundred some feet. So the only real limiting factor was they were getting low on air. So they buy a set of doubles, oh, wow. and now boom, one hundred and eighty feet is well is within reach. Well within reach. I can get down there and I uh, look at these pictures that I'm coming back with. Yeah, and I survived again and survived again mm-hmm. until you, you got to dive like this. I flew past the anchor. Later, bitch. You know you're going Later deep anchor. when the anchor that's on the bottom, you go flying you go past, past the anchor. <laughs> that's, uh, a, in, in my mind, I'm like, how did you do that? The top of the pinnacle and the last of the daylight. So the, the they're anchored in deep water, and that anchor is on the top of a p- pinnacle that goes to much, 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 much deeper water. It felt like I was flying. When my chest started to crush, I knew two things. I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> One, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Two, I think I got to pee. I think I got to <laughs> What should I do? It, was it pee first? <laughs> Inflate B, C, D. <laughs> no, I knew two things. Number one, I'd forgotten to inhale. And two, I was way too deep. When you know when you're in such a bad situation that you have to stop breathing to think about something, while now exacerbate that with plummeting. Yeah, well, I think that fear grabs the brain and and stops you from really. You know, that's the yeah. whole thing about panic is things like breathing are not second nature anymore. You're actually not breathing, so you can figure out what to do. But panic, panic is uh, crazy like that. Yeah. It's crazy like that, baby. So, what do you think he did? There's a number of things going. Did he hit the elevator button? Of course, he's going to hit the elevator button. button. Okay, so he's going to hit the elevator button. Wait, he peed. No, (laughs) he he, he flips right. He flipped right side up. Started kicking and hit the inflator button on his BCD hard, like like Superman jumping off the cliff. Flying down to save Lois Lane, at, you know, plummeting down the Grand Canyon, man. Now, th- I mean, this is easy for us to sit back. It and, is, and, and that's and, what and, I like and, about and, it. And laugh easy. and look at it. <laughs> but again, so if we look back, right, he he thinks he's fine. He's rushed. He's late. Uh, he wants to meet up with the instructor who's already kind of annoyed that, that he wants to do the dive with him. So he thinks he's, uh, you know, on the instructor's nerves already. So he doesn't want to be too big of a burden. So he's trying to do way more than he should be doing because he doesn't have the, really the, the knowledge, the experience, the training, anything to go along with this dive. It's, so it's unfortunate. I see where he got himself into the situation, but it's kind of fun to crack some jokes about it. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing happened. As he was hitting the inflator button hard. Hmm. I was still falling and falling fast. That's when I saw the white sand of a small ledge. It was about three feet by six feet. And I was going to miss it. I aimed for it like a torpedo and flipped. Tank down. At the last second, clang! I was alive. Alone. Way too deep. And in near black water, too dark to see my gauges. <laughs> so when you're in Catalina Island, mm-hmm. you've been to Catalina. Yeah, that's lots of times. pretty water. I taught there. That's yeah. beautiful water. It's it's unique, yeah. You know, um, that, but when you... West Coast. And like anywhere, when you go deep, it gets darker. Usually. But when it's so dark... You can't that see it's, your it's, it turns into a complete night dive. Yeah. You can't even see your gauges. That's pretty deep. You're you done messed up, AA Ron. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very... I knew that if I dumped my lead, 
I'd never stop the ascent. So I hit my inflator button again, more gently this time. And very, very slowly, my BCD started to fill. Hmm. After a while, I gave up and started climbing the pinnacle, hand over hand. (laughs) (laughs) You see where where I'm like, and I know, I know, I'm going to be viewed as an ass for saying this, but when I say people are clowns (laughs) that are getting into diving and, and, and this even occurs to them, like... Where, how did you even get it to this point? Well, see, I get what you're saying, right? So it's, you want to look at this as being like such a one-off. It's not. That never happens. No, no, no. I know it's not not even. But I mean, yeah, for for decades, I mean, this sport is filled with this very story. That's what gets you so like, come on, we talk about it in open water. I Talk mean, about the importance of waiting. I mean, we've been doing this goddamn story for three years now, <laughs> and like, and I'm not running out of them. <laughs> I, I keep finding exactly. them; they're everywhere. Oh yeah, yeah. Doesn't that point to you know the things that we say though? There's an issue in the education system of the scuba world that stuff like this can go on. Right. This is a basic. This is a very, very basic. It's waiting, right? Well, this is proof, the cornerstone. in my opinion, of. When you get all the way to master scuba diver, most <laughs> of the time that means you are a master at holding the dive master's hand. Yeah. Because all you have is education that gets you comfortable in these different environments under supervision still. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's not setting you up for independence. Not at all. And most of the time you're in the same environment. You're training in your one location and your same location, your same environment. Right, you, you haven't really. And now that he's out it of it, up, out on this right. little board, and you're not really a master at diving. You can dive in that environment. Usually, well, I would say somewhat competently. But well, listening he, to well, this he story, knows he's not a master. He said earlier he's three dives away. <laughs> I still haven't quite <laughs> got there. My next dive, we were going to cover proper wading and neutral buoyancy. <laughs> <laughs> Missed it by that much. It was a long way back to the anchor. I had no light and no way to know how much air was left. Finally, my BC expanded enough for me to get close to neutral buoyancy. It got light enough to see. I looked at my pressure gauge and realized that I was screwed. (laughs) You done messed up again, eh, Ron? (laughs) You want to go to war? Because you're going to war now. I feel bad for him because mm. in a way it's been sold it's not his fault, right? He's like sold this idea. idea that he can dive on a pinnacle that's in 500 feet of water, mm-hmm. right? And we're going to be on the top of it in, you know, 100. Yeah. And you're you're okay to go jump in the water and do this dive. So what do you do? You you finally can see your pressure gauge and you go, oh, oh shit, shit, I'm screwed. Now you blow the now now you do what the lawyers taught you in your class, which is come from the land of the ice and snow. <laughs> <laughs> ah, ah! <laughs> All the way up. <laughs> I stopped breathing from a tank and put my BC's inflator in my mouth and started breathing the air in my BCD. Well, that. <laughs> The downside of that is it was the only thing bringing you up. I knew I'd be dumping that air later, so I'd better breathe it now. Hmm, interesting. You got about a cubic foot in there. I mean, at the surface, right? Yeah. You don't even have that much, really, because most of them are like 50 pounds of lift or something to that effect. A cubic foot is about 64. Yeah, yeah, 62.4 freshwater. Anyway, the long story short is you, you got maybe three breaths. But he's going to breathe it in and breathe it back out. <laughs> breathe it back. So now you're going to, that gonna CO2, re- the partial pressure, the CO2 he's is going to be out. He's thinking ahead. He, he's but just he's gotta, not really thinking. He's just got to stretch his time out a little bit. <laughs> I made it to the anchor line, breathing uh, off the BCD and started up. I'm curious, is this tank completely empty now? Or we're going to find out. He's gonna take it easy. He's gonna put his rag in, and he's like, "I got it." He just had to get to the anchor. He's just gonna <laughs> breathe off the BC okay. until he gets to the anchor. Okay. 
When I started floating, I began to exhale into the water instead of back into the BC. Well, that would help slow your ascent, huh. yeah, I guess. At 60 feet, the air went stale. <laughs> <laughs> stale? <laughs> From breathing all the CO2. Yeah, back, oh, right? it's almost all CO2 right, now, yeah. yeah. And I switched back to the tank. I had 200 PSI. It's lucky. He's lucky to be alive. <laughs> breathing lucky. off breathing off your BCD, last-ditch effort, of course, but also a first-ditch effort of killing yourself. Yes. This is why I put a rebreather scrubber in my BC wing. <laughs> Just, <laughs> Just in, in case. this case, I need to do this. Wise. <laughs> I got CO2 scrubber in my in my wing at all times. That's called thinking it through. <laughs> I breathed 50 PSI at 60 feet. 50 PSI at 30 feet. And 50 PSI at 15 feet. So um, 200 PSI, uh, I breathed 50 at 60, 50 at 30, 50 at 15 feet. Then surfaced as slowly as I could. I should have ended up bent, but by some miracle, I was okay. Yeah. Well, I think that slowing, you know, from 50 feet up really helped. Yeah, no doubt about it. Right. Um, And the fact that he was so overweighted that he'd never really got a chance to do a bolting fast ascent yeah I you know think because really I mean, I, mean, he's re- yeah. I mean he's really dealing with a very short bottom time i don't even think he had right. five minutes on right. the bottom right so even at i mean not not that you know in eight adas you know five minutes is still a decent load on those fast tissues right. but still you know coming up controlled was mm-hmm. was able to to help make that not a an explosive uh, decompression. An explosive yeah. decompression. Yeah, yeah, thank yeah. you. Back on the boat, I found my instructor in his cabin. He'd never even made the dive. You son of a bitch. I had stupidly followed the wrong blue tank into oblivion and nearly killed myself while he was changing the batteries on his computer. His computer flooded on the next dive and never worked again. Son of a bitch. Well, there you go. So, I mean, that's not having any buddy communication, any teamwork skills, and just randomly, like out of the corner of your eye, seeing a blue tank going and for being hundred percent convinced yeah. that that's my that's my guy I'm supposed to be diving with. I mean, this is something. I mean, this is something you see people who are brand new working on completing their open water certifications you have this discussion of a, another group swims by at the same dive site and they they veer off you always got to watch as the instructor because you know one of them's going to want to veer off and start following the other group they end up on another boat right this is a mistake that people who aren't certified yet yes shouldn't Mas- be somebody who's three dives away from master scuba diver master scuba diver i was so ashamed of my own stupidity that I never told anyone what happened. I'd set my computer to gauge mode to check my fill pressure and had forgotten to change it back, so I had no record of my dive profile. Had I indeed gotten bent, there would have been no information with which to calculate a decompression schedule. Even I didn't know how deep I'd been, how long I'd been down, or how fast I'd come up. Well, that's a false statement. Right? I, uh, yeah, I agree. Because when engage mode, it still, it still shows records, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. It records your dive. So. The only thing I can think of is if he already did something stupid and his computer went into violation mode and locked himself into gauge and didn't calculate anything, potentially. But if you still, have an engage, I mean, it's going to read I mean, your I've had my, time. Yeah, I've had that's my, all you need. I've had my computer engage mode for years. It's got nearly yeah. 2,000 log dives in it with a history of everything. I was never the same after that dive. I lost my confidence. I felt as though I couldn't trust myself. I fumbled forward, took the GoPro challenge and became a dive master and then an assistant instructor, but I felt like nothing went right. My confidence slid even further. What's the GoPro challenge? Did you get a camera? No, to go. That was I like the, I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> it's a bad joke. GoPro challenge. Do you win a GoPro? Anyway, 
So, yeah. So he's feeling even less confident going forward with his into his professional ratings. Yeah. So yeah. You, where you would think finally you would have the confidence built. Yeah. So you would be growing at this point. And but he's, he's doing the opposite. Because this happened. And to me, I'm thinking kudos for having the awareness, the self-awareness of knowing there's something missing here. Correct. Right? Correct. And and I think that what the something missing is is that he didn't, he didn't tell anybody about it, so he doesn't have a way to learn from this experience Guilt properly to, mm-hmm. to move forward. I'm sure that's... Right? Because he, yeah. I mean, what he could be doing is had this been a real training situation for him in this deep water, mm-hmm. right? We could have had... Deep so a, a, a debrief for the instructor of looking yeah. at rushing down, losing mm-hmm. buoyancy, being overweighted, where these changes could have taken place so that I wouldn't have gotten into the situation that I got into, which started all the way back on the boat mm-hmm. of rushing into a dive that I shouldn't have been doing with a with a buddy who didn't want me there that I didn't realize he was down in his bunk changing his battery. <laughs> and it wasn't even my buddy. Yeah. Like, okay. uh, where do we start? Well, I think this illustrates what we've said as well, is that, you know, a fatality accident or any of the accidents you read really isn't just one accident. It's a series of events. It's a snowball effect of small things adding up to create bigger and bigger things. And the whole conglomeration of it all is just this, is like an avalanche, a huge snowball. It's like, oh my fucking God. Yeah, which which very Mm -hmm. easily could have been... Right, this oh, guy this guy ran worse. out of air yeah. and drowned in sixty feet of water when he right. finally made it back to the anchor line. Mm-hmm. But by by really, like he even says, by miracle, it is he miracle. did make it up. Uh, it's a, a series of miraculous happenings or events that really none of those should have really worked too well, you know. <laughs> when you yes. think about it, if, you know, being that overweighted and breathing through your BCD, it's not a great great thing to do. But now looking back. I did one thing right that day. <laughs> I called my mom and said, I love you, mom. I love you, mom. I, said, I, I just, don't come I don't back from why. this one. I don't know why. I just I had this urge to call my mom and tell her I love her before, before that exactly. dive. No. He complained loud and hard at the boat crew when they refused to top off a short fill. I told the deckhand that this was a deep dive, and I was starting with a full tank. God damn even it. Even if I had to get the captain to fill it. Son of a... It was that extra 200 PSI that saved his life. I don't know if that's the lesson you want to go away with. That's, I mean, you, you it's sh- a that's little not something. The one. No, that's not it. <laughs> I think that was the the maybe one of the extra miracle cherries on, on that Sunday. See, and that's the worry you have of this self-analysis of your incident, is that what you learn isn't going to prevent you from dying at the exact same thing, doing the exact same thing in the future. Right, because the, the answer is not always dive with an extra 200 PSI. No. That's not, not how you fix it. No. The answer isn't going to, to bigger gas bottles. Correct. You it's, know, it's which, the divers we were talking about earlier, right, mm-hmm. that, that successfully get to 100, 120, 130 feet a couple times, and it's, well, my limiting factor was I was getting low on air, and they'll only fill the tank to 3,000, so I guess I better get two. And that'll take care of all my problems. No. <laughs> no. There's a, there's a lot bigger issue laying there mm-hmm. of ability, knowledge, planning, awareness that you need to get taken care of right. to really get good in that deeper water. The mindset of a, of a good diver is completely different than this guy. Yes. You know, the way that they look at things. Of where's, where's my real potential for fuck-ups? Well, in writing this story... He gets closer. The thing that almost killed me that day wasn't any one specific mistake. It was pride. Fucking pride. <laughs> get you every time. Get you every time, man. Ego, man. Don't let he pride, should say ego, don't not let pride. pride get in the way. A misguided, vain pride, he says. It bespoke the ego that made me value plastic cards over real life experience. It was the kind of pride that coaxes you into concealing an embarrassing mistake. However, I'm happy to say that I no longer have that type of pride. It died that day. Down there in the dark, 
There wasn't enough air for the both of us, so I left it behind. I done had to kill my pride. He says right here, I have a new kind of pride now. A pride driven by the fact that I'm a better person today. The kind of person who values humility over ego. Good deal. Who admits his errors and is willing to work to improving them. I still love diving. Now I realize, though, that I love life even more. Well, you can't dive when you're dead. (laughs) It's a fact. (laughs) The first requirement in a scuba course... Is you have to be alive. You, be, you done got to be alive. Yeah. It's good to love life more. Not to make light of that, but, well, at least, I mean, there is that positive message. That is a good message. That is a very good message, but but it's still not addressing the inherent issues of his awareness in the water. Right. Of not, see, the fact of the matter is having an extra 200 PSI or not wouldn't change the, the the fact of going into the dive, understanding how much volume that gas really was, where you could take that gas ahead of time, and what you could do when you got there before you ever even pulled the mask over your face. Yeah, you're still plummeting to... Thankfully, the bottom was where the bottom was. Thankful, Had it been 10 feet deeper, even with your 200... It would have been you, nothing. If you, you would have if you would have missed by, by six inches, would have missed that uh, little patch that he happened to crash into, that all would have been negated too. So that is, the 200 PSI wasn't the saving grace. It was one of the many miracles yeah, of why he's alive, back, yeah. but it's nothing to use long term. And that's the problem that so many people have, is they do use that for the base of why I can go to 180 right. feet, 200 feet, mm-hmm. because I got through it that one time. And I Luckily, fixed the problem. and that's why I always put an extra 200 <laughs> exactly. PSI in my tanks every time I go. I fixed the problem. <laughs> Dude, no, you're <laughs> missing the whole point. And that's kind of where I was going. Just like you don't see a problem with plummeting to right past your planned stop depth. The inability to control your buoyancy to the degree so great that you, who knows where you could have gone. If that bottom wasn't there, regardless if you had 200 or another 1,000 in there, yeah, you were I mean, bye-bye. And look at it if he was diving with somebody, right? Uh, so he got buddied up with someone because I'm just a general liveaboard boat with, with, with a bunch of other independent divers. He's by himself. What if somebody said, hey, you need a buddy. I'll go with you. This buddy's having maybe some ear problems in 20, 30 feet. Stops. He's plummeting. All right, now his buddy finally gets his ears taken care of. I've got to go find my buddy. <laughs> exactly. He takes off after him, yeah. and we got two people down there. You know, when he's at sixty feet at the at, or finally to the anchor, yeah, that that's going to turn into a clusterfuck of an airshare. Oh, of course. Yeah, nothing's going to not, go if go not before, good with that, and, yeah. and the, they would both certainly be be dead. Extra two hundred psi or not, so the issue doesn't have anything to do with the gas volume. Thank you. I mean, there's just so so much ahead of that that needed to be addressed and all the way going back to the boat and actually it goes back to the training because if you're trained listen the communication they they talk about it plan your dive and dive your plan what was your plan jump in going searching for a blue tank diver was that your plan i don't think it was no it was not so you did not dive your plan Neutral buoyancy is a cornerstone. In order to have neutral buoyancy, you need proper weighting. And you need neutral buoyancy from the very beginning of the dive. Mm-hmm. Right? At if all you, times. If yeah. you can't stop at 10, 15, 20 feet at the beginning of the dive, look at your teammate, be in control, make sure everything's squared away before the dive even starts, how the hell do you think you're going to get through the rest <laughs> of the dive without being a complete mess? Right? Whereas so many people, they just they plummet and go. When we get to the bottom, we'll look, find each other, get things sorted out, and then carry on our way. Well, yeah, that whole That's the wrong descent, way to do it. That whole descent there, they don't know where anyone is. I like to descend together. That's the way we're trained, and that's the way we kind of do it. We're not we're magnetized not, no, to each not, other. You know, we're yeah. not holding hands no, and but singing lullabies I'm to each other. I'm watching him. He's watching me. We're taking care of business that needs to be taken care of on the way down. You know, sometimes I'm doing my dials on well, my yeah. camera, but my partner... Knows we stick together on the on yeah the because descent. that's where issues are going to take place. They're probably going to take place right at the beginning, right on the on the descent. That's where you're going to see something wasn't taken care of on the surface because it was rough and rocky and wavy, and we, you know, we're working to get in, and so we dialed it in. If there's going to be a problem, it's probably going to be right away, or 
maybe right at the very end of the dive. The chance of something crazy happening ever, ever, after everything's going nice and smooth in the middle of the dive, not very likely. Well, it's right. like so an air, be- airplane at the beginning, yeah, yeah, at the beginning, you, want, you need to be dialed in at the beginning. And again, it goes back to dive your plan, plan your dive. You have your team with you. You do it together. You have maintained control of your buoyancy, you have proper weighting. All those things that you learned in Open Water 101, you just have to put them into play. You have to use them. You don't just answer the questions on the test and then go, fuck it, let's go. There's the blue tank. I'm going after him. Blue tank. Okay, well, hey, everybody. That was a great dive. I don't know if it was a great dive. It turned out, it, it, it cha- it, that dive changed everything. Well, it did. Changed everything that it dive did. did. Master diver, dive master you are now. Too deep is how deep <laughs> is. You do a lot of good accents and imitations, but Yoda's not. I not got, in your top ten. I got I to gotta watch Return of the Jedi again, I guess. Yes, exactly. All right, everybody. <laughs> I'm going to uh, rent some Star Wars on Netflix. <laughs> We will see you guys next week. Uh, here we sign the logbooks. Sure. Um, stay too long. Stay too deep. Get well soon. Let me sign Love, yours. Love, Sammy. Wait. I need you to fill my tank <laughs> all the way up before I do this. You forgot <laughs> 200 PSI. Okay, everybody. We'll see you next week. Safe diving, folks. Bye. Blue, blue, blue.